Greetings, you're tuned in to the Bible is Lit podcast. So we're starting a new unit today. We are starting, and this is the first episode in this particular study. Now, you can listen to episodes in any order you like, but uh, a good way to go through these thematic studies is to connect uh, the themes together and um, that will help you have, a, I guess, a little more panoramic understanding of how we're studying the Bible for this class. And then when we go into some more independent episodes, how those connect together to these other studies. Um, today we're getting into what we call the hero's journey, and we're tracking different hero's journey arcs throughout the Bible. And so we're going to give you a little background on the origin of what is called the hero's journey. We'll give you some background on that, kind of how these stories are structured in terms of breaking it down into a hero's journey. And then we will uh, list out and give a little bit of detail about each story in the Bible that we're going to look at in the context of what we would call the hero's journey. And then, of course, we will have individual episodes for each Bible story that we are going to go through as well. So background on the hero's journey. This has been a mode of storytelling that's been in existence for thousands of years. Okay, um, <clears throat> but this guy, Joseph Campbell, comes along and he... He's a comparative literature guy, and he's reading mythology. He's reading folk tales. He's reading wisdom literature across cultures, and he finds similar patterns. And so what he does then is he finds this narrative arc that traces the journey of a hero, and he tags this as <clears throat> what he calls the hero's journey, and it gets made famous, and that's why it's famously called the hero's journey. Um, he's not the one who came up with the type of story we know as the hero's journey. He's just the one who recognized the pattern and then gave it this title, which has now made its way into the culture and has been studied a lot. Um, he famously wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, which goes into the hero's journey in detail. He was influential for, um, which we talked about on our Bible background podcast, influential in the fact that he was friends with George Lucas and George Lucas patterned the origins of the Star Wars universe and the trajectory of, for instance, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker after this hero's journey archetype or mode of storytelling. And, but his overall argument, he was like, most stories about heroes follow a similar pattern, a similar trajectory. Um, and so you can think back to tons of different classic movies. And um, especially when you're getting into the, the 60s and 70s, because this is where this becomes popularized. This is where his influence starts to kind of take root and take hold. Like I said, George Lucas was a friend and a huge fan of his. So you see that emerging in the Star Wars universe specifically, and you see it in other modes of storytelling as well. So... Um, the basic pattern, though, that it follows is like we have a call to adventure. We have a part where the hero is going to cross the thresholds from normal life into whatever this adventure is going to cause them. They go through some challenges, some temptations, some tests. 
eventually they either die or they're like, they're like way down at the bottom of the earth. They overcome that death, whether it's literal, whether it's symbolic, which then that relates to a form of transformation or metamorphosis, you know, so i.e. think of Ovid's metamorphosis, for instance. Uh, those of you in my class who aren't familiar with that, look up Ovid, O-V-I-D, the metamorphosis, and it's literally a hero's journey titled Metamorphosis, but um, we'll leave that to the side if you're interested in that. Uh, look it up. I'll put a link in the show notes there for you. And then we have the transformation. We, after this transformation, right, the hero is becoming something or someone else. And then the biblical stories, this is often symbolized or represented with a name change. So like in our last unit, we looked at Abraham and Sarah, for instance, right? They're Abram and Sarai. And then they go through this process and they become Abraham and Sarah and who they are as Abraham and Sarah slightly different because they are transformed and transforming and been transformed. And the name change is representative of that. You see that with Jesus of Nazareth becoming Jesus Christ. You see that with um, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon son of Jonah becoming Peter, right? The rock, which literally means rock, Petra in the Greek uh, we see that with <clears throat> tons of more characters. The Apostle Paul, right? Formerly Saul, um, Pharisee of Pharisees. He becomes Paul. And there are a lot of other examples in the biblical story. But the name changes signify that transformation. Typically at the end of that transformation, there's some form of atonement that happens for either the wrongdoing that they had or, in Abraham's case, the <clears throat> just simp that he was, for lack of a better word, earlier in his life um, to complete this out. Then there's some type of either return home, like literally, physically, you see that, for instance, like in Odysseus, or the Odyssey, when Odysseus returns to Ithaca, he literally returns home. You see a version of this with Jesus, right, when he returns to Nazareth itself, and he's not welcomed back and um, it could also be a metaphorical return home. You know, one of these, both this metaphorical and literal, is in Lord of the Rings when um, Sam and Frodo return home. You know, um, <clears throat> Frodo can't stay, Sam stays, and there's a whole lot there, but they return. And then something about, though, the track of this hero journey is is that we can apply it in an archetypal sense to ourselves and our own lives, and we might go through this process of a hero's journey in our own lives several times throughout the course of our life. It's also emblematic of what we may face anytime we learn something new or we are in a new season, a new phase of life. You kind of go through this whole process again. Right, unraveling the onion or the butterfly, you know, the caterpillar becoming the butterfly only to become a different caterpillar to become a different kind of butterfly to connect that all together. So a few things that we want to like add in detail, and this is kind of the format that I'm using and we're going to be using in the class. So we have our four major parts 
and then each part's broken down into a few subcategories. So we talked about we have the call to adventure. We have the initiation would be the second part. Um, and the initiation, again, that's the part where the hero has answered the call to adventure. Now there are some tests, some things that hero has to go to, go through to earn or to put himself or herself through the process that will transform them. More or less, they have to go through some hard stuff in order to come out differently. And then at the end of the transformation stage, they typically now will return home again, metaphorically or physically or both. Um, but in the call to adventure, typically we see the hero, the heroine, as just someone who's real common, part of the ordinary world. And then something shakes up their world. That's the call to adventure. And then typically they will refuse it for a little bit until eventually either someone convinces them not to or literally life circumstances forces them to answer the call. And then that leads them into the initiation. Typically, there's going to be some type of mentor, some type of helper, some type of aid. Sometimes it's divine aid that guides them into this process. You can think of, if we compare this to the Lion King, this is where you have Rafiki, for instance, um, you know, leading Simba through this initiation, right? In order for him to become the king he truly is. Uh, you also have Timon and Pumbaa in that same sense as he's going through this. Um, and then in that, you'll have a crossing of the threshold, which is what the mentor, the helper leads them through. And in this crossing of the threshold, this is basically where once the hero crosses the threshold, once the hero goes through this circumstance or overcomes this trial, basically at that point, the hero is not going to be the same person he or she was beforehand. If they don't cross the threshold, you know, it's kind of like you can go back into the ordinary world and you're no different. You just might have had a little bit of exposure to something. But they cross the threshold as part of this initiation. And then through that, right, you see a bunch of tests and trials that they might have to go to, through. They're going to encounter enemies, defeat some enemies, and they will also make some allies, run into some allies. And in some senses, which is really cool if you study the epic of Gilgamesh, in Gilgamesh we have this really cool arc where one of the enemies becomes an ally and that's also a common pattern you see in the hero's journeys. Then you move into the transformation um, <clears throat> phase. And this is where after going through the initi initiation process, the hero can now handle a bigger test, a bigger quest, a bigger adventure. And so they will approach whatever that thing is. Usually it's some type of treasure, some type of reward on the end of that, something that has a really huge goal with a really huge payoff, basically. And in order to get that, they might have to travel. They might have to go on a journey. There's a lot of things required as part of that. And that requirement as they're getting there, we would call the ordeal. There's some type of big test, big enemy to accomplish. You could think of it as the final boss. It's like if any of my Legend of Zelda fans out there, it's like when you finally 
reach the last temple and you have to fight Ganon. You've had all these other little side quests and all these other battles you've had to fight, which have trained you and tested you enough to where you are skilled enough to fight Ganon and defeat him in that context. And then you get the treasure at the end when you defeat that boss, that enemy, or you go through that final test. Again, like with the Lord of the Rings metaphor, it was Frodo in the ring dropping it into the fires of Mount Doom. Um, and then after that, right, the hero or the heroine has to go back into the ordinary world, but they bring with them these treasures to make a biblical analogy to this, right? These heavenly rewards, these types of rewards that are incorruptible because they can't be taken from you. They are parts of your character. They are parts of who you are now. And that is the growth that happens. And then of course you get the reward from the growth. And in depending on which stories you read, that can be the mental processes, the spiritual strength, the development of character, or it can be a physical, literal reward. Sometimes both, like if we compare it in the Lord of the Rings, since, um, <clears throat> Frodo uh, has found his purpose and then he gets this reward where he gets to go to the western shores with the elves, which is symbolic of heaven. More or less, he's saying, like, I've had enough of this type of life. I can finally find peace. Whereas Samwise, the other hero in the story, my my two cents is Samwise this is the real hero in the story. But he, um, his reward is, right, he gets to go back home, live his life simply, but he gets the pretty girl he's had his eye on, and he has a family. And that's the reward for him. And he's able to raise his children in a world where there's not this threat of a passing shadow and them being murdered or enslaved and all these other nasty things could happen. So those are the basics of how the hero's journey works. So again, right, we have our call to adventure, and in that we have the ordinary world and the refusal of that call. In part two, we have an initiation, which usually involves some mentor, some helper. They have to cross the threshold, and then in crossing the threshold, they enter into this world where there are tests, there are allies, they have enemies, and they build up the skills enough to enter this transformational phase where there's this really, really big test, this really, really big thing they have to go through, right? And they will approach it. They'll go through some type of ordeal, big test with a reward on the other end. Then they have to go back home and integrate everything that just happened. And you can, again, compare that to a psychological journey, right? You're called to learn something, engage something. You go through some things in order to learn that, get your feet wet, approach it. Then you have something that's going to challenge that new knowledge in, in a sense of application. And then four, now you have to go back and integrate that into who you have become. And so that's nuts and bolts of how the hero's journey works and how we are going to approach it in our class. So let's look at just a few examples from the Bible story just to cover our bases, excuse me, in terms of who we are going to be looking at. And as always, there are more than one story. There's more than one arc that follows this pattern 
in the Bible, but these are the ones we are covering. So um, <clears throat> uh, we're going to go through Abraham and Abraham's kind of the prototypical hero's journey, maybe one of the oldest hero's journey stories ever to exist as far as we see it. So we'll go through him and kind of look at his arc and his call to adventure because there's a lot of things in Abraham's story you don't realize that are actually going on until you break it down point by point and compare it to this pattern. But like just the one question you ought to have is why is this dude 80 years old still living with mom and dad, right? And that gets us going. So um, and then after Abraham, we will move into Moses. And again, Moses, there's so much text you could cover throughout the Moses story because, you know, we span all of Exodus, um, you know, and then you go into Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is basically his words. Um, and it's interesting because, like, the Torah itself is what's called a chiasm. So that's meaning that... Um, the books are layered in a way that mirror each other with Leviticus being in the middle because Leviticus is basically God talking directly to Moses and the people of Israel in this conversation they're having, whereas Genesis and Deuteronomy are <clears throat> establishing something, right? So in Genesis, you're establishing humanity and Deuteronomy, right? They've arrived in the promised land, and now they are establishing this new country, this new culture that is going to be the nation of Israel. And so those are mirrors of each other. Then Exodus and Numbers are the traveling to and from, right? Exodus is where they're traveling out of Egypt into the wilderness. They're in transit. And then Numbers is when they're traveling out of the wilderness and into the promised land. And then in that context, you have Moses leading them. So it's a lot of stuff to cover. Most of what we are going to look at from... Um, Moses, though, is in Exodus as far as our source text, and we can look at him talking a little bit in Deuteronomy as well, but he has a very prototypical hero's journey in his storyline and a lot of cool stuff going on with water and water symbolism as well. The um, third hero and some of y'all are probably screaming at me, what about David? We're going to go in, into David. David, again, very, very um, prototypical hero, hero's journey in which he goes through the, um, you know, the thing you're left with David is does David's hero's journey have a happy ending or not? Um, but if you track it through the framework that we are using, you know, he's from humble beginnings he goes through all these tests. He has an ordeal, and then he returns home in this sense. He has to go establish his kingdom and give it back to someone else, but or one of his son, sons, rather. And then lastly, Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, who becomes Jesus Christ. Um, also, you track his ministry, his life, his ministry, his birth, Rather, his birth is growing up, his ministry, his life, how it ends, and then his afterlife. So um, it's a hero's journey story as well. It follows that pattern. However, you know, he, he leaves us with a hanging signifier, if you will, in terms of 
his death or his life after death and what that means. So those are the four that we are going to be looking at in this hero's journey unit. Um, so just stay tuned, subscribe to this podcast. That way you stay up to date and in the loop when we post the four individual episodes going into each hero's journey story in more depth. And as always, if you would like to hear us do a hero's journey, take on another character, another storyline, let us know, or there's, or if there's any other topics of interest or lenses of interpretation that you would like us to put on and explore, we would be happy to do that. We're always looking for more material, both from a standpoint of personal growth, but also a standpoint that will help students, help listeners, help you, help empower you in your life. Because after all, that's the whole point, understanding these ancient stories and these ancient texts, taking them for what they are and wrestling with them to empower us in how we experience the world around us, how we experience ourselves, and how we experience other people. But until next time, peace to you, and we will be back with more Hero's Journey soon.